In a world of sameness and price pressure, how can you differentiate yourself and your company from the sea of competition? Lee Sauls joins us today with powerful ideas on how to differentiate. He's the author of one of my favorite books, Sales Differentiation, 19 Powerful Strategies to Win More Deals at the Prices You Want. Stay tuned and get ready to learn. You're going to get practical ideas you can put to work right away to differentiate and win more deals. Are you ready to accelerate the growth of your business? Welcome to the Revenue Growth Podcast. This is the place for business owners, sales leaders, and marketing professionals to get ideas and inspiration to drive exponential revenue growth. Each week, you'll get actionable insights from the world's leading marketing and sales thought leaders and practitioners. Are you ready to grow? Let's join our host, Daryl Amy, author of Revenue Growth Engine. Welcome back to the Revenue Growth Podcast on the C-Suite Radio Network, the world's largest business podcast network. I'm your host, Daryl Amy, Revenue Growth Architect, helping great companies grow revenue. As we begin today, I want to say a huge thank you to everyone who supported the launch of my new book, Revenue Growth Engine, How to Align Sales and Marketing to Accelerate Growth. And boy, did we accelerate. Because of you, we were able to get off to an incredible start, hitting international bestseller status in multiple categories on Amazon. And I just want to say a special thank you to all of you who supported the launch and especially to those of you who have left reviews. This is a tremendous help in spreading this important word. You know, right now is the time to accelerate growth. And as we navigate together through the economic challenges of the COVID crisis and the aftermath, it is critical for all of us who drive revenue to get focused, intentional, and strategic. As we say on the C-Suite Radio Network, this is the time to drive and thrive. And I absolutely love the spirit of this community, working hard and working smart as we build a path to the future. To help us build a strong future, I'm excited to welcome my friend Lee Sauls to the podcast. His book, Sales Differentiation, is jam-packed with practical ideas that apply to both marketing and sales. These ideas are fresh from the field. As the CEO of Sales Architects, a leading sales management strategy firm, Lee helps companies build scalable, high-performance sales organizations through hiring the right salespeople, effectively onboarding them, and aligning their sales activity with business objectives through process, metrics, and compensation. I know that whether you own a company, work in sales, or specialize in marketing, you're going to benefit from Lee's ideas on how to differentiate. So grab a pen, grab some some paper, get ready to take some notes, and let's join this conversation with Lee. Lee, welcome to the Revenue Growth Podcast. It's great to have you here today. Happy to be here, Daryl. Thank you. Yeah, I'm so I've been looking forward to this conversation uh, because I think you know, and and I don't know. The audience is definitely going to know by the end of this call what an incredible fan I am of sales differentiation. I think in terms of this topic of differentiation, I don't think I've read anything else that nails it as much as this book does. So. 
congratulations. I've got my copy here, Lee, and it's dog-eared, highlighted. I think there's a little coffee spilled on it. And it's just, it's turned into, this is one of those books that sits on your desk for a while because you got to really operationalize it. So thank you. No, thank you. You're very kind. I really appreciate it. <laughs> what differentiation is, um, I mean, this is the ball game, right? And we got a great audience here of sales leaders, sales professionals, marketing leaders, business owners, and whatever in any aspect in growth in business without differentiation, you really don't have anything. Um, so well, you do, you have price. Right, <laughs> right. Low price, right? That's it. Without Low the price. essence of differentiation, price is what's going to win the day. It's really, it's really brutal. And um, but that's the world that so many of us live in. And and uh, you know, this idea of sales differentiation is is fantastic. I've I've heard you tell the story before. Kind of where all this came about. But I'd love for you to share it with the the audience. Like, where? How did you get so passionate about this topic of of being differentiated? Yeah. So I was a teenager, and a family friend had this business idea of a pickup and delivery dry cleaning business. But he didn't own a dry cleaners. It was just going to be the transportation, mm-hmm. and my summer job was his driver. And I was intrigued. Is this is this going to work? And I was hoping it was because it was my summer job. Right. And all this was was transportation. And he had this vision that everyone would want the convenience and benefit of not having to go to the dry cleaner to drop off or or pick up. And he was partially right. Mm-hmm. And because and this is what really got me fire, fired up about this whole idea of differentiation. So I lived in Marlboro, New Jersey, which was about an hour and a half commute into New York City, and a large population of Marlboro did go into New York. Those people saw tremendous value in this service, and they were willing to pay more because it was a premium. Right. It was on top of the actual dry cleaning. But those people who worked in close proximity or had a husband or a wife who was stay-at-home who could deal with the dry cleaning, they didn't see value in it. And so I took away some really key messages from that experience. Number one was people are willing to pay more for value, right? In this case, this, this service, but not everyone. Mm-hmm. So you've got to figure out who will see value because those who had a way to get their dry cleaning taken care of easily and weren't worried about their, their time, they just looked at it as an added expense and, and didn't do it. And it's the same thing with whatever you're selling is figuring out Who's going to see value in, in what you're selling? So often I talk with salespeople, and of course, salespeople are hypersensitive about the price they're putting out there. Mm-hmm. And and I tell them, I, I said, are, are you calling on the right people? Because you describe to me the, the differentiators you have and who these are going to be meaningful to, and you're calling on people that don't see this value. So either we're not being effective in positioning the value or you're talking to the wrong people. Yeah, I couldn't agree more on that. And you know, when when I think about strategy and growth, and, and this is right at the heart of the revenue growth engine model, is going after ideal clients, finding those clients that are the ideal fit for your organization that can move the needle and and 
I was just having this conversation yesterday with an organization and we were looking at their strategy going forward. And I, I, and we said, you know, it's one of those questions, what, what makes you different? What makes you special? What makes you unique? And so they started rattling off this long list of things and they were good. There was, they were yeah. good things. But then the next question was, well, which of these is, well, first of all, which of these is actually different? That knocked about half of them off the list, right? Right. But then the, the real question is, which of these is important to your ideal prospects and clients? Because, you know, it's like your dry cleaning, uh, Uber, Uber dry cleaning business, right? I mean, you've got, yeah. you know, if you, if you don't need someone to pick up your dry cleaning, it's not valuable. And um, yeah, I, I think this is, this, um, it's, it's like, um, it's like when it comes to differentiation, it's, it's like you got to run everything through that filter, right? You yeah. got to start with a long list and start crossing things off the list. Cause there's so much that's just same, same, same. Right. So, and I even stay away. You, you refer to ideal client. I, mm-hmm. I stay away from that expression and I, I refer to it as target client criteria. And yep. I'll tell you why. Yep. As soon as you say, here's what our ideal client looks like. It's almost like this pie in the sky. If you were to happen to find this one type of individual, this one type of business, that would be ideal. Mm-hmm. Like it, It's almost like a wish or a dream. To me, target client means this is where you need to focus your selling efforts. This is who's going to see value and yeah. meaning in our differentiators and be willing to buy at the prices that we want. So to me, it may seem subtle, mm-hmm. but just in the years dealing with salespeople, you say, you know, my ideal sales candidate, you know, same thing with hiring. Right. Um, it's the same concept where, yeah, if this one in a million shot, you came across this person, we'd love to have them. <laughs> right. Target uh, client is you wake up every morning saying, this is what I'm looking for. Very, very focused and very specific. I think that's uh, I think that's powerful and and I you know I'm a huge advocate. We were talking actually last week on the podcast with uh, with Nigel Green and about oh, yeah. creating um, account based territories rather than geographic territories. So I couldn't agree more. I think that ideal client description gives you the filter through which to determine who those target accounts are. But man, as a sales rep, if you don't know who your target accounts are, you better start there. Um, you know, when, when you think about that, that target account though, and, and who you want to work with, then now you can start to, to figure out the sources of differentiation that would be meaningful to them, right? Values Absolutely. the beholder. So, so you've uh, got to figure out first on your side, knowing what you know about what you're selling, who's going to care about it and who's going to be willing to pay at the prices that, that you want for it. And filter out those that you say, yeah, those those aren't those aren't the right ones for me to. Because the one thing we know about time doesn't matter how much money you have, you get the same number of minutes in your day. And, That's right. And the winners are those that make the right decisions of where to invest those minutes. So if you're chasing all of these, which you think are opportunities, that all of a sudden you're going to put a price in front of them and they're going to have sticker shock. Oh my gosh, are you kidding me? All you do is waste a bunch of selling time. So yeah. having that focus and knowing where your differentiators are going to resonate is so important. The other part is, is is the communication side, being able to position them in a meaningful way. But you up front have to know 
where those differentiators are going to hit the mark. So maybe it's a particular industry, mm -hmm. a particular buyer type, and even within the same organization. So for example, if the real differentiator is a financial aspect of what you're selling, and you're talking to someone in that organization who's not focused on financials, then you're not going to go anywhere. So you have to align your differentiators with who in the organization your message is going to resonate most with. Uh, that's spot on. And I, you know, I've, <laughs> I think that salespeople carry around price books and lists of all the products they sell. I think what salespeople should actually carry around, I call it an outcome inventory, an inventory mm -hmm. of all the outcomes they can deliver and the value that it can add and who that value would be important to. So I, that's so so, uh, so in line, you got, you and I are like kindred spirits we, ever since I met you, <laughs> we you, you are. Know, it's just fun having these back and forth conversations. Um, you know, and, and it's fun. I, I enjoy asking salespeople that are hypersensitive about price. And, yeah. and you know, this from my book, I'll ask them, what would you be willing to pay for something you could get for free? And they bristle and they go, I wouldn't pay anything. Well, in my hand is what <laughs> a bottle of water. <laughs> Do you know in this country, we spent almost 20 billion, that's with a B, $20 billion on bottled water, water you could get all day long in your kitchen for free. Right. Right? And anytime, you could go get it. And while you and I are speaking today and those who are, who are listening to the show, someone could have broken into your home, stuck a hose on your faucet, has been filling up these bottles of water. And then selling them back to you. Right. And, and I used to think it was funny. And then I came across an article that said that Aquafina and Dasani both, the two biggest providers of water, were yep. forced to disclose that their water comes from the same source as your tap. And we it spent does. $20 billion on this. But we did it gladly because we were in an airport or we did it gladly because we were at a ball game or we were um, driving. We're gladly. To leave we go the house. to the supermarket. We go to Costco. Yep. We buy it by case. We right? do. Yeah, I do. It's in my okay. fridge. Absolutely. Uh, but, but, you know, and, and there's value. And that, I think that's really, really critical. And in the book, you talk about six different sources of differentiation, um, which I thought was really good because – um, and I'd love to unpack some of these because when you think about differentiation as a sales professional or a marketing professional, um, you know, I, I think a lot of times we get stuck on either the product or the company and service that it comes with, right? Like we got yeah. differentiated product or we have differentiated company, but you actually outlined um, six different uh, categories of differentiation. Um what do you see as kind of the most overlooked areas areas of differentiation? I'm just kind of curious. Yeah, you know what? It's There isn't one aspect. So what you're talking about is what I call the sales differentiation universe and these mm -hmm. six orbs, if you will, mm -hmm. places where you could have differentiators. The, the mistake isn't so much where the differentiators reside. The most common mistake I find with, with differentiation is tossing out these expressions and expecting someone on the other side of the desk to derive meaning from it. Mm. So I, I'll give you an example. I, I held a workshop for a client on, on sales differentiation, and I said, share with me a differentiator that you talk about. And they said, we're privately held. I said, that's wonderful. Tell me why that would matter to a buyer. Not a person in the room 
could answer the question. I said, wait a minute. You guys have been around 40 years, uh-huh. and you're touting that you're privately held, expecting it to be meaningful to someone on the other side of the desk, and no one in the room can tell me why it matters. And then they start chirping to each other, and they're going, oh, yeah, we got to stop talking about that. And I said, well, hang on a second. I said, how many of you have worked for a publicly traded company, and half of them had? Mm-hmm. In a publicly traded company, what is the A number one priority? And they all got it. They said the numbers. Mm-hmm. So if you're the head of customer service, you've got head count of five. That's what's been budgeted. And you say, boy, I'd love to have five more to take care of the call volume. Good luck getting it because it's going to distort the numbers. Right. What about in a privately held company? A number one priority. And they said the clients. And I said, isn't there a story there? <laughs> and there was. And we spent time putting that together. Beautiful. But that's the thing. We just tossed out these expressions. And we expect someone on the other side of the desk to figure out what it means and, and why it matters. And, and here's the thing. When you do that, when you just toss out these differentiators, one of two really bad things happens. They either never figure it out or they give it a meaning that doesn't help your sale. Mm. So we always need to give context when we're talking about positioning a differentiator. That's powerful. I, I really enjoyed that part of the book. And I think that I think that salespeople and marketing people, we throw stuff out there like that and then we go, well, it doesn't work. And then we get, then we're just back in the price vortex and, and, you know, just taking the time to peel that down a couple layers deeper and then attach it to a story, um, you know, a real world example. Um, Now you've got something that seems so benign and just, boring and, you know, just marketing speak and it can come alive. And that's, that's beautiful. Like I love when, when I hear we have a proprietary methodology in in how we provide this. Okay. So that means you came up with it. So why does that matter to me? Right. And that happens so often. The salesperson stops the conversation there. We have this proprietary methodology and you're supposed to go, Ooh, where do I sign? I'm ready. But you <laughs> got a position to why. Why should I care? Why should I care that you have a proprietary methodology? Uh, and you know, an example I'm sure you read in the book about. I, I ask about the biggest. I asked this with a group just last week. I said, "Is being the biggest a pro or a con?" Depends. And the answer is, it's how the salesperson positions it. Right. Right. If you say we're the biggest, we have the most revenue um, in our space. And you stop there, and now the company says, oh, boy, they're the biggest, huh? So I'm just going to be a number to them. Right. <laughs> I don't right. want to work with a company like that. You know, but if you talked about then, you go on and say, we are the biggest, and we've invested in technology, and we have well-defined processes supported by that technology, so we can make each client feel like they're our only one. Now they're happy. They're like, wow, this is fantastic. But you can't just toss out a differentiator, expect someone to derive meaning from it and say, yippee, let me buy right now. That's great. And that reminds me of the beginning of the book when you talk about there's only one person that can say you're the best, right? We're the And it isn't you. No, it's not you. And that goes for salespeople or marketing people listening in. We can't be the ones. We we don't have the authority to say we're the best. So who can say you're the best? Yeah, And there's a related one to that. Um, We like to talk about expert. I'm an Uh, expert or my company uh, are experts in this. 
And if you think about when someone says that to you, just like if I said I'm the best sales consultant in the world, I don't endear myself to you. No. You roll your eyes, you go, oh boy, this guy's a jackass. Right. Right. It's not a positive <laughs> thing. So we shouldn't be talking about expertise, but rather what we specialize in. So if I said to you, I'm an expert in sales differentiation, you go, oh, what a jerk. But if I said, I specialize in helping salespeople use sales differentiation strategy to win more deals at the prices they want, now it's a totally different right. message. Right. Yeah. And so when it comes to the best, right, I mean, all right, oh my goodness, how many company websites, how many brochures, <laughs> how many, we're the best. We pride, my favorite one, Lee, is we pride ourselves. That's the one. On, on being, being the best. best. <laughs> right? On being the best. So not only are we arrogant, the we're prideful. <laughs> Who said? You said you're the best? Okay. Right. <laughs> and, and the issue is we can't prove it. Like, so if I said to you I'm the best sales consultant in the world, I can't prove that to you. Right. So why go there? Right. There's, and, and the one person who can say best and have it be meaningful is your client. Right. So when my clients say Lee Saul's the best sales consultant in the world, that's meaningful to someone who's considering my services. Exactly. If I said those same words, it makes for a very short conversation. It so does. And I, you know, I think for the, the marketing people listening in and, and, and this is, in my opinion, the number one thing that marketing people can do to help salespeople drive revenue is gather all of that case studies success stories, references. You know, it's so funny, Lee, over the years when I have my marketing hat on, I've been involved in so many repositioning projects and everyone wants to build the website and get the video done and get the, yeah. and then it's like, oh yeah, and, and we'll get around to doing case studies. And yeah. you know, my, and I say this in Revy Growth Engine, and this has become my mantra is go, let's just flip this on its head. Before you think about doing any of that, rebuilding any messaging, any sales tools, go out and interview your best clients and ask them, why did you buy from us? What value do you get from us? Get them on camera saying you're the best and why. And now you have all the keys for your message. And if you're a sales pro, you can do that. You can take your best clients out to lunch, right? Mm -hmm. And just ask them those questions and they'll give you all, everything you need to be able to have those conversations. But we put that yeah, at the bottom of the list. And, and I'll tell you an interesting one. So um, I signed on a new client last week. And as we had the kickoff call, um, I asked him because he had told me he had been talking to couple of very large consulting firms and several uh, individuals um, and, and they picked me and, and I, I asked them why. And we don't ask that in sales. We're just like, yay, I got the right. deal. <laughs> yeah. And I got to tell you, if I would have just guessed the reason, I would have been wrong. Mm. It's so, you know, Lee, over the years, I've had the opportunity to do a lot of case study interviews. So a uh, mm -hmm. marketing agency ran, we got hired to do case study interview. So I would, this, this is so typical. I'd interview the salesperson and because I didn't want to waste the client's time, right? I want to be efficient. Right. So I'd say, Hey Lee, why did they, you know, tell me the story, tell me about this person and why did they buy from you and what benefits are they getting? Well, we lowered their price. We lowered their expenses. And I would say, why else? Well, it's mainly about their, pr the price. So then yeah. I call the client and I'm telling you 99 times out of a hundred, when I asked the client, what benefits are you getting and why did you buy? 
price never came into the decision. And most of them I'd have to say, hey, by the way, you know, are you tracking the return on investment to try to like pull it out into the conversation? Yeah, yeah. And they'd be like, no, not kind of, but we really like this, 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 and this. And I love going back to the salesperson and going, hey, do you want to know why your best client actually bought this from you? And yeah, those are and light bulb moments. probably shocked when you tell them. Yeah, and that's, I mean, those are the, that's like the gold nuggets of sales and marketing is hearing it from someone who's credible in their words. Now you've got the secret sauce and, Uh, and that's so important. And and so we talked about the win um, and I'm going to date myself a little bit. I'm 51 years old. And in the 1970s, there was a TV show called Quincy. Remember Quincy? You know, I was okay, raised in Canada, so we only got the antenna that got across the border. <laughs> so I didn't get, I missed out on some of that, Lee. So fill me in. I've heard of the show okay. Quincy. <laughs> so Quincy uh, was a show about a coroner. And so the show would always start, there's a dead body, and his job in an hour was to figure out how this dead body came to be. So when you lose deals, I call this the, the Quincy <laughs> program. Yeah. <laughs> where we've got an account, it's dead. We right. need to figure out why. And yes. someone, and usually I suggest the sales manager do this, needs to pick up the phone and call this person and at the opening say, I'm not trying to change your mind. That's not the purpose. We want to learn from the experience. Where, where did we go wrong? And it's, again, so important. Know why you win and know why you don't yeah. win. Yeah. And that's what helps your business to get better every day. Yeah. One of the things that I advise my clients to do, and I get to participate in some of these is literally, I mean, you're a big sports fan, right? So Just a little. baseball, uh, a little bit oh, of yeah. a fan. Football is a little bit more of my speed down South, but you know, in e- any sport on Monday morning, you watch the tape, right? In football or the day after the game, you watch, you watch the tape and you learn. And, and I think sales and marketing teams need to sit down together and review the tape. I, I recommend in my clients that they do, they do a monthly meeting and they come with one deal they won and one deal they lost. And we, we do exactly what you're talking about, right? Let's, yeah. why'd we win? Why'd we lose? Let's figure it yep. out because they're, I mean, those are the seeds out of that come the seeds for success. And yet most of the time we just keep blasting on with our, you know, corporate speak buzzwords and, you know, best at this, greatest at that, blah, 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 blah. And that's what the market hears. Uh, The key is the the analysis itself. If you don't talk to the client, then your data is flawed. That's good. Fair point of the time that fair amount of time when, when you think this is why you won or this is why you lost. If I talk to that client, you'll be wrong. Yeah. And that's good. You know, so that's why, you know, that Quincy program, when, it, when I was managing sales teams, and I do this with my consulting clients as well. Yeah. Okay, so you didn't win the deal. It doesn't mean there's no benefit here. We need to find out why. Maybe there's some feature or function out there that we're not providing that the competitors are that we need to do to, to get up to speed, or we're not effectively differentiating ourselves, positioning what our offerings are. The, here's the worst one. I call them up because I've done this on behalf of clients as well. Mm-hmm. They'll contract with me saying, hey, I want you to call these these uh, prospects that, that we lost. And they'll say, well, because the company didn't offer A, B, and C, and it turns out they did. Oh, I hate that. That right? happens all the time. That's the most painful. 
Yeah, because yeah. And, and what happens is if I ask the salesperson, the salesperson will say, I absolutely told them that. And we think that when we meet with someone that they remember every word, right? And so think of our talk, right? So we're going to be on about a half hour today. Mm-hmm. So someone listens to this show. If I interview that person at the end of the half hour, right? We had a lot of good conversation here. Tell me what you heard. How much do you think they remembered of this 30 minutes? They probably remember the dry cleaning story. <laughs> they probably will. They probably will. But, yeah. but again, a smidgen of what we talked about. Right. And so we're egocentric when we think about selling. We check the box saying, yes, I told them this. And what we're selling is so important to us. But the people we're often selling to, what we offer is a fraction of their overall responsibilities in the organization. Right. So super important to us, not as important to them. So one of the, there's this uh, technique that I, I share with salespeople, and over 99.999% of salespeople don't do this. And so if you want to be different, do this. And this is not in sales differentiation. It's in the new book that I'm writing now. Oh, I can't it's wait. Recap, Here we go. The recap email. Okay. Beautiful. Okay? So after you have a meeting with someone, you send them back an email that summarizes what you've talked about, the differentiators that resonated with them and why, what they said they're supposed to do because they committed to doing it, what you said you're going to do because you committed to it, and what the next steps are. All laid out in a nice, well-written email. And you think about what this does. If you're in B2B sales, you know that number of people involved in decision-making um, according to CEB is 6.8. Yep. You probably met with one or two people. There are others involved. You write this in a way that they can forward that email to others so that they get up to speed on the meeting even though they weren't there. It also reminds people that, that you've met with, oh, yeah, we talked about that. Oh, yeah, I said I'm going to do this. One of the things that protracts sales cycles, you call them up or you meet with them that next time, Oh, that's right. I was supposed to get you this information. I forgot. Oh, I was supposed to ask Betty to join our meeting. I forgot. And then I know it's very, very passionate in your world and and mine is being genuine. Mm -hmm. It does take time to write a recap email. Right. And so by doing that, you show genuine interest, genuine commitment to that account. Like I said, 99.999% of salespeople won't bother to do it and you'll stand out. Ah, that's pure gold right there. If you got anything from this podcast, rewind that last minute, listen to it, (laughs) memorize it, do it. That's, uh, that's pure gold, pure gold value and, um, just genuine, authentic caring in on display. I I love it. I love it. Well, you know what? And I, I can't believe we're at the end of the time already, Lee. It always goes so fast when you and I are hanging out and talking. But Absolutely. When I look at this book and, and it says sales differentiation and I, I, it is a fantastic sales read, but I think um, this may, just may be me, but I think this is a great book to sit down as a sales and marketing team together and go through because I, you know, there is a real, one of the best points of alignment for sales and marketing is truly understanding the differentiation and, and, you know, working together to, to, to sharpen that. And this book, 
like I said, is dog-eared, highlighted, coffee spilled on it um, because it's super practical. And I think this is the this is the kind of book a um, sales and marketing team would tour through, and every single team read conversation would have practical action items. And and so it says sales differentiation, but I just want to say for our listeners, um, cross sales out and just say differentiation because you're going to use this in sales and marketing. And I think it really is going to help your organization. So Lee, I, I'm just so thankful for the time you've invested in, in us today. And uh, I, you know, I, I know you're writing another book. I can't wait to pick that one up dog ear and highlight it. Cause I know it's going to be dynamite. So man, just sincere. Thank you for all that you are and all that you're doing for our, our community. Oh, you're too kind. Thank you very much. I really appreciate you having me. It was great fun. Yeah, as always. And to all of our listeners, a sincere thank you as well. The feedback on the revenue growth engine book launch. I, I mean, I'm speechless. It's been just the encouragement from, from all of you has been amazing and, uh, you know, where we are right now, we say this every week on the C-Suite Radio Network, is this is the time to drive and thrive. This is a time for all of us in marketing and sales to stand up and lead like we've never done before, to really dig deep like we've never done before, to differentiate like we've never done before. <laughs> and yeah, Lee, you know it, right? Then this is what's going on in the community right now. And I just, uh, I just got to say, it's such a, a blast and such an honor to be associated with people right now who are saying, you know what, we're going to dig deep and we're going to, we're going to move our companies forward. That's creating jobs. That's creating impact. And uh, you know, I just want to encourage all of you that are working hard to keep doing it, keep at it. And until next week, let's get going and let's get growing. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. Would you like to get complimentary access to the Revenue Growth Engine audiobook? Just text the word REVENUE to 21000 or go to revenuegrowthengine.com slash book. You'll get instant access to the audiobook so you can get ideas to help you grow your revenue so you can scale your impact. Text the word REVENUE to 21000 or go to revenuegrowthengine.com slash book to get instant access. Thank you for listening to today's episode. I hope you found ideas to help you drive exponential revenue growth so your business can make more of an impact. If you've enjoyed today's conversation, make sure to like or subscribe. It also helps us spread the word if you'd be kind enough to leave a review. Of course, we'd love it if you would share this with your friends. Together, we are growing revenue so we can scale our impact.